You're listening to Your Rivers Are Wrong, the podcast. Good morning, everyone, or afternoon. In fact, afternoon for me, perhaps still morning for you, Dante. Um, <laughs> we're, we're trans time zone in this podcast. Um, welcome. Welcome back to Your Rivers Are Wrong. I am one of your hosts. My name is Merle. And I'm the other host, and my name is Dante. Yeah. And in this podcast, we talk about the wonderful whimsies of world building, the arts and aesthetics of setting up a setting, and telling stories born from it. That's right. That's it's such right. a good <laughs> sentence. We're keeping it. We're keeping it. We're holding on to it. That's good. What episode are we on? What I literally forgot. Is it 45? <laughs> this is 46. 46? Oh my lord. We're going fast. Our last episode was Fan Prompt. If you haven't checked out the, fans right. prompt, the Fan Prompts episode, absolutely go back to 45 and check that out. It was fun. It was crazy. It was <laughs> wild. Yes. Agree to all of it. <laughs> and since we sort of kind of sort of record episodes uh, a week or two in advance now, we're trying to be responsible and all that. Yeah. The numbers kind of get lost in this big jumble of uh, <laughs> recording and editing. Uh, what What's <laughs> the word? Casserole, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. Yeah, we're organized in our file naming, but not in our brains, is, is what happens here. In my brain. Let's, let's you know, stay personal here. <laughs> sure. How's your day, Dante? Uh, it is going. It's going. It's going. Uh, I, today, I actually have the day off. I decided to take a mental health day hmm. because um, I've realized, as I tend to do, I uh, have a habit of overcommitting myself to a lot of projects and then only realizing later how many projects there are. So... <laughs> That's not so relatable at all. So today is an, is an opportunity to reset and kind of organize myself to prepare myself properly for 2023. And that involves getting a proper amount of sleep. So that sounds my... good. That sounds important. So you had a good night's sleep, I assume. I <laughs> no, hope. I didn't. Oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> no I, I slept longer. It was better. But OK, um, improvement. Once you get into the habit of waking up early to accomplish tasks, your brain is automatically wired to wake up earlier and earlier and you start feeling guilty for oversleeping or like sleeping longer than that, which is <laughs> sure. b by comparison, a normal amount of sleep. So <laughs> yeah, um, fair enough. Working my way through that balance. How are you? How are you doing? You seem I busy. I am pretty stressed. <laughs> Hooray. <laughs> I already uh, told Dante right before we went recording, but my day's been pretty crazy. There's uh, there's some fires in my neighborhood that uh, <laughs> distracted me all day because they're like right across my street. Um, I'm all good. Everything is relatively safe with me, at least. Um, been some evacuation and stuff, but it's been pretty crazy, but not nothing crazy in terms of um, danger. So that's good. That's um, good. That's good. <laughs> that was that was one part of my stressful day. <laughs> The other part was that I, with the lovely uh, Cherry the Human, who has done a guest Appeared episode with us, I think 28, yeah. 28 and a half episode, I think. 28 and a half. I remember that one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> me and Cherry are both uh, artists, designers, and we're uh, we're doing a funding application for a pretty big one. And the deadline is today. <laughs> and right before we recorded, we also submitted that thing while the fire was burning outside of my house. <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> It was it was some situation. Yes, I'm I'm very much picturing the everything is fine meme with the dog in the fire. I literally room. said that to Cherry. Yes, it was very very relatable. Yes, uh, <laughs> that has been okay. my uh, my life the past uh, past twenty four hours. But aside from that, I'm pretty okay. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Checking yeah. in from what you brought up last week. How was your uh, karaoke with your wonderfully talented friends? It was great. 
It's so fun to do karaoke with people who all can sing really well. It's really nice. I recommend it to everyone. Karaoke with your musical friends. They're the best kinds of karaoke people. It was really nice. And we did it in the theater where we um, started off the last oh, musical project. So we had like a big so screen fun. custom karaoke going on. Yeah, it was so good. It was really nice. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. And then I'm looking forward to a week of nothing too crazy. Because <laughs> I think similar <laughs> to you, I think I need a day with just nothing going on. <laughs> I'm very much looking forward. Yeah. <sighs> on, on my, I know you have uh, fire trucks and burning buildings uh -huh. as your backdrop. Yeah. How's your I backdrop? Have, <laughs> I have construction literally within the same building. So oh, fun. If you hear like screwdrivers or people yelling or things dropping <laughs> in the background, just treat it all as um, ambiance of the city. This is That's the backdrop of this episode. Imagine uh, both of us are just walking through the streets of whatever city we're in uh, and you guys are listening in and walking with us. That's the aesthetic. Yeah. It's a, what do you call it? Like an ambience podcast? Immersive podcasting? <laughs> yes. That's what Immersive we're doing today. Immersive podcasting. Yes, there we go. That's a good word. <laughs> okay. I think we should just jump into what we're going to actually talk about today and, <laughs> you know, strip, no, how do you say this? <laughs> Let go of the stress of the day mm. and, you know, escape from the stress of today by the topic that we're going to discuss. And I think it's my turn sure since is. I'm hosting. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> um, <laughs> so today I want to talk with you about the following geniuses or intelligence in storytelling. Ha, huh, look at that. Ha, Interesting. Ha, ha. Yeah, I thought so too. <laughs> I think a lot of stuff links to this. And one of the most concrete examples I thought of is the fact that intelligence exists in a lot of forms, right? And one of my all-time favorite children's novels from Roald Dahl has a bunch of different kinds of genius um, in it. And it's Matilda. Matilda by Roald Dahl. Yes. Matilda is uh, my spirit animal. I might... Uh, might add to this. She's my favorite character in almost all books ever. <laughs> um, but I think the the sort of classic genius that Matilda as a character has, um, because maybe a short character description here, uh, Matilda is, I think, a four-year-old or a five-year-old during the book. Is she? Um, she's wow. extremely, yeah, she is. <laughs> this is the point. Uh, she's extremely smart. She can read. She can do maths. She can, at some point, even you know, has magical genius to her, I would say. Mm. You should all read this book. It's amazing. There's also a musical version of it on Netflix right now, written or yes. composed by the wonderful lyricist and musician Tim Minchin, who is also my favorite human in the world. Go watch it. It's amazing. <laughs> um, Fantastic. But to just, you know, uh, start off the the theme of uh, of genius characters. Yeah, I just wanted to uh, to talk a little bit about it. I guess. <laughs> yeah, fantastic. I think the most interesting part about the Matilda example is that I thought at first Matilda is the sort of classic genius here in the storytelling, right? But I remembered one quote from the book that I have to look up because it's a good one, actually said by Matilda to her primary school friend. And she talks about the way that Miss Trunchbull, who is the sort of evil headmistress of the school right, yes. in the story, she talks a little bit about the methodology, I guess, that Trunchbull uses. And uh, Matilda says the following to her friend, quote, never do anything by halves if you want to get away with it. Be outrageous. Go all the way. Make sure everything you do is so completely crazy that it's unbelievable, unquote. And I think this linked, uh, or this made me realize, actually, that Miss Trunchbull is also a genius, perhaps, in another way, in a very evil, practical uh, kind of sense oh, of the word. True. But yeah. um, I think 
the point I'm trying to make here is that the variety of geniuses or genius characters in storytelling is pretty wide and wider than the sort of standard, whoa, I'm so good at maths um, <laughs> character. Yeah, so I think we uh, we could have a bunch of things we can uh, we can talk about here in this topic. Yeah, this is such a fun topic because sometimes you have a story that's like an ordinary person, like a, like a normal everyday man that's relatable. But mm-hmm. very there's a lot of really interesting stories where the main character is almost prodigious. Like they have this in- right. exceptional talent towards one specific thing and watching it kind of meet society and meet the world and tackle it in its own special way is always so entertaining. Uh, I think of two movies in particular that come to mind once you said the word geniuses. The first is like, have you ever heard of the movie Chocolate? Chocolate's like an old martial arts film. Not no, old, I haven't. But like 2008. Um, basically, the main character is exceptionally good at picking up things. And they're <laughs> surrounded by a number of martial artists throughout their lives. And although they um, may struggle with other contexts, socially struggle with concepts around them, they are really, really hyper-focused on being good at martial arts. And that shows in the most wild ways as she slowly, as she learns very, very quickly and begins to challenge like the most competent of combatants. It's a it's a fantastic movie and really, really fun because it's martial arts. So we're talking about physical genius kind of thing, right? Picking yeah, up literally yeah, or, or metaphorically. Like if it's almost like a photographic memory in a physical sense where you they, she sees something and she like immediately understands it and can do it herself. Oh, OK. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, and the second one that uh, immediately comes to mind more recent is Queen's Gambit on Netflix. Hmm. The chess also have series. Heard a lot about it, though. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, main character, uh, Beth Harmon, is a chess prodigy. And when she's introduced to the game, the way her mind works, she can visualize moves well in advance and challenges the upper echelons of chess and society as a whole. Right. Which is crazy because you usually if you're really, at least in storytelling, if you're really good at one thing, like really, really good at one thing, everything else kind of suffers. And mm-hmm. you have like this hyper focus on one specialty and uh, the rest of your life is a bit faltering and how, watching them find that balance is often very interesting. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It's also a little bit of a cliche, right? Oh, yeah. I think very often also it gets paired with a sort of kind of what you were saying, a, a very distinct lack in other kinds of skills. Like they can be either very good at maths, but super bad at social skills or very mm-hmm, mm-hmm. charismatic and sort of um, radiating energy in the room, but then completely incapable in, I don't know, the sciences or in the the more sort of classic knowledge, I guess, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah. The acad- academia, perhaps. The most interesting it becomes, I think, once it's more of a hidden genius or something that doesn't really tie into either of those cliches. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we've seen a lot of them, right? And there's, it's a cliche for a reason. Like I instantly also had to think of uh, Goodwill Hunting, which is the sort of classic someone from a lower socioeconomic background is actually super good at something that's usually more accessible to people from middle class or upper class. It's basically the story of a, yeah, what's that? Like he's a janitor, I think, like a young young janitor. Oh, I've never it. watched it, actually. Oh, really? I just, oh, you should. I just know great. the synopsis. <laughs> uh, a janitor who's really talented and sort of accidentally or casually during his shift solves a math problem that's on the board of the university where he cleans the floors or something. So very classic right. prodigious. Prodigious? Yeah. Classic prodigy character, kind of. And those are fun. I can't lie. I love it when someone is super specifically capable, uh, <laughs> like unexpectedly capable at something. That's always fun. Actually, that also ties a little bit into the fact that very often it's it's linked to the sort of academic knowledges, right? Um, and that prowess yes, yes, yes. or skills or genius, specifically the word genius, is very often linked to 
beta kind of stuff like mathematics or chess or super complex, I don't know, biochemistry or uh, I don't know, something like that. <laughs> and I think it doesn't always have to be. And I think the most, for me at least, the most interesting genius characters are the ones that we wouldn't perhaps necessarily call genius at first sight, but do really possess a genius quality. And it also made me think a little bit about Azula for a second, right? Azula sure. from Avatar, who is, I guess, more tactically or perhaps more, yeah, socially genius in a way, and also in a way very much not. Like there's a there's a always oh, in like socially weird, manipulative. Yeah, manipulative or sort of understanding people and how to manipulate them specifically. Aside from that, that's very evil to do. It's also pretty hard to do, I think. Uh, <laughs> even if people were evil, a lot of them wouldn't be able to because it's just pretty hard to do. <laughs> right. Yeah. So so I wonder if you, uh, yeah, if you also can think of characters or if you thought about this in a different way. Yeah. As such. Yeah. I was just kind of running through the, <laughs> the stories that I know. Not Apparently not too many movies because that's what we're trying to work on. Uh, <laughs> that uh, focus on a genius type character and like ignoring many like superhero stories where everybody's smart and everybody's strong. One of the other ones I thought of was The Good Doctor, where there's this young kid who's very, very good at the medical field and kind of understands things on a strange and strange and uncanny level. Doctor House, in a almost lesser extent, is, uh, is a grown man who sees the medical field in a very different way uh, and is treated as a genius, so to speak. But I think when we talk about geniuses, like we, we have to ask ourselves, why are very intelligent or very capable people why do they lend themselves to interesting stories? What aspect of storytelling can be told through these people who are incredibly capable? And I right. think it's the idea of it's the it's the idea that these geniuses or prodigies are greater than or the idea that they are exceptional. Right. They are separate from the norm. They're away from the, the major curve, kind of an outlier in terms of capabilities and society, so to speak. These people are lauded. They're celebrated. They're um uplifted to great heights and put on pedestals so you have to understand how that twists the perception of the character do they take this in stride do they um do they stay humble about it do they try to keep it to themselves to avoid attention or do they use it to their advantage and kind of build this fame and acclaim based on their exceptional ability very introvert extrovert outlook mm -hmm. and there is also that societal aspect of stigma when someone is uh, deeply exceptional at something they can be hated, they can be reviled, they can feed to envy and jealousy from other people. And this attention that they get for being so exceptional might be a bane to the rest of their life. They might have to adopt more reclusive demeanors or change how they present themselves to the people around them just so they, they aren't viewed as too haughty or too yeah. proud or too boastful, right? It's very much how this affects the specific character and how them just being around affects society as a whole. Those are two really key things in addressing why these characters are so interesting in the scope of a story, you know? Yeah, I think you linked on a few super interesting things there. The first thing being the fact that, that being exceptional is sort of intrinsically isolating right because the point oh, from that's a great way to put it the yeah. point of being an exception is that you're the only one or at least one of very few very different from the norm and on one hand that gives you this status i guess of being a genius of being a prodigy of being you know much higher up than others and on the other hand that means you're alone in your own category so you have no one else to share 
to share your category with. So I think in terms of character development, if we link to uh, to that theme a little bit, isolation or being lonely or being misunderstood or being, you know, socially, I guess, a bit naturally distanced from from your peers is very present in, in a character arc, such as a genius character arc, I guess. And in some ways, that can also mean that people become automatically a bit more recluse or a bit more hermity or a bit more, yeah, what's the word? And look, introverted. Yeah, that they automatically like... sort of become more of an Einzelganger because it's so logical to do so in their in their <laughs> That's position. That's a word I've right? never heard before. Can you help me that? Oh, really? Did you say? Sorry. It's a German word, I think. It's, it's Einzelganger, and it basically means alone goer <laughs> lonely goer <laughs> i've never heard that oh, before but it sounds cool. i thought it was also english but not okay that's interesting <laughs> no it's neat i did <laughs> i guess not that's awesome cool you learned a thing <laughs> I'm learn a thing every yeah. day it means loner basically <laughs> yeah so so that's one thing that i think almost comes comes with the job right comes with being uh being exceptionally skilled and that can also mean that if you know if you are high up and that that you can sort of uh, react to that isolation that sort of comes with it. It either means that you perhaps as an exceptionally smart person that you either present yourself, you know, less intelligent than you are or just sort of chameleon into the social group that is closest to you, which means you're not being true to yourself, but then at least you belong, right? And on the other hand, you have where you absolutely develop your genius in a sort of a natural way, which means that you are much smarter and also uh, present yourself as much smarter uh, than most of your peers. And as a result, end up more isolated than others. Uh, and both of those things have influence. And I think a second thing that I found interesting about uh, what you what you were talking about is specifically the idea of a prodigy, right? I guess being a genius might not be necessarily synonymous to being a prodigy because being a prodigy really has to do with age, right? It's sort of the idea that wisdom doesn't come with age, but that you already possess it somehow. You sort of found a loophole somehow in life. You had the right, genes right. for, <laughs> for you know, wisdom at, at, a, at a young age in, in any kind of way, right? Either in skills or in, you know, knowledge or in any kind of stuff. Exactly. And that doesn't link at all to their, you know, physical growth. It doesn't link to their social status. It doesn't link to, you know, all those, uh, perhaps their position in the family, all that stuff. Um, and it reminded me of one quote that I think is nice to share here um, that I think was said by Keyleth in oh, cool. one or the other kind yeah. of one shot or something. And she says, sometimes it's hard being a prodigy because then you just grow up to be a regular adult. And I found it very, <laughs> deep very interesting and sort of yeah, yeah. depressing, but... Uh, <laughs> But very true, you know, uh, and very much linking to this topic as well. Yeah, of course. Of Keyleth, of course, being a character from Critical Role, a D&D actual play series. Yeah, right. The concept of a prodigy in this society or in, mo in most societies comes with the burden of responsibility, you know, with great power, mm. yada, yada. Um, people, once they recognize your capabilities, give upon you expectations, right? Since you have this immense talent... So you must amount to something, right? There, there's like a mandatory requirement yeah. that you have to become somebody. You must achieve. So, so by nature, by just people's understanding of you, uh, geniuses are not permitted to have a normal life. It's not an acceptable thing to simply be good at something and not make something of it. With, um, mm -hmm. with, with capability comes like the, the, the idea that you must contribute to the world since you have yeah. this great gift. If as if not doing anything with it would be a waste, would be a cumulative waste of a talent. Yeah. And there's so much to waste because mm. you have so much. 
Yeah, and it, and there's shame that comes with not utilizing it to its fullest potential because others theoretically would achieve great things with that same opportunity. Mm-hmm. It also kind of ties into the idea of celebrity, so to speak, when people become extra oh, famous right. for their for their talent, for their talents, for their acting, for their singing, yeah. yada yada. Suddenly, people hold you in this great adoration, this great almost idolatry. You're held to these extreme standards of a premier person, like the upper echelon of of human species. Uh, <laughs> and 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 with that comes the expectation that you must be perfect. And uh, people who are, are quote unquote regular, who don't have those immense talents, have the boon of living an ordinary life where these expectations don't weigh so heavily. But once you, from a storytelling standpoint, if you have this immense talent, if, or if a character is immensely capable it seems wasteful to not use that to either progress the story or or become this this person who can achieve and be useful to be used for others advantage so to speak you know that's the the burden of genius you know uh, loki <laughs> loki almost <laughs> almost ironically uh, in the marvel series says uh, i am burdened with glorious purpose that to understand <laughs> right. that you have this great power that must be used not can be used uh, and that in itself is quite the tumult in one's heart or one's mm. oneself self-being or self-worth yeah, for sure for sure and then you can even if we dive really deep into this you can even go uh go more detailed about it and say okay in storytelling there's even different kinds of geniuses in terms of whether we know they're the only one right so mm-hmm. in goodwill hunting for instance it's we just follow the con- the uh <laughs> what's the english word janitor I'm, janitor sure <laughs> janitor i think um <laughs> yeah well confusing so in goodwill hunting we just follow the the main janitor character finding out that he has a great skill that he didn't that he wasn't aware of right and his immediate surroundings replying to it their reaction etc cetera, etc cetera. but there's also other stories for instance superhero movies or perhaps fantasy chosen one yeah, kind yeah. of tropes right where we know they're the only one in the entire universe that is able to do this or is allowed to do this or is capable of doing it right and that's perhaps a different burden and maybe there's also changes in the way a character can you know feel that burden or experience that burden because if you just are in your immediate surroundings exceptionally skilled you are unaware (laughs) whether the world depends on you or not maybe it does but then if you don't know the burden right the the feeling of the burden i guess changes accordingly yeah so there's a lot to think about i think when making a a genius (laughs) when making a prodigious character and I also think it's interesting that it doesn't really talk about morals at all. It's just about a level of skill, right? That's right. the only, in, in any kind of way, either either intelligence or academia, I guess, or physical skills. As you said, you can be a genius martial artist. You can right. be a genius, uh, I don't know, regular artist. <laughs> you could be, you know, <laughs> regular artist. That sounds kind of, kind of weird now. A genius regular artist. Yeah. <laughs> okay. That's confusing. Yeah. <laughs> Where was I going? <laughs> Yeah, the, these uh, these genius stories <laughs> are off, often boiled down to a story of self-worth, I think. To a, who are you? What do you want to become? You have this incredible opportunity, but does that pave your path, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just because you have this, does that mean that is your destiny to utilize this to its fullest potential? 
we saw, we saw the dichotomy of this when you mentioned chosen one obviously we, since we pulled the avatar card we can stay in there um, <laughs> sure like yeah, the, the dichotomy <laughs> between avatar ang and avatar Korra. avatar ang was destined to be the chosen one he was truly what the world needed and ang suffered mm-hmm. under the concepts that he was the only one who could pull something off that is deemed to be impossible which is overthrow an entire army and there were many episodes dedicated to the stresses that he had just trying to get there as a what, right. as like a 10 year old 11 year old in contrast you look at avatar Korra and her legacy it was her being incredibly prodigious and incredibly capable but it was in a world that slowly but surely didn't need her that didn't require her to be the great leader of the world to be the proper guider of every nation and every city and she mm-hmm. kind of had to deal with like if the world doesn't need me am i useful am i a proper yeah. person in society or should i leave uh, and her <laughs> and, and like her finding her niche in the world is what the story boiled down to after four seasons where where she slotted in and how she valued herself as a human being yeah and if you if you start with those expectations about yourself or you know if your surroundings uh begin with expecting a lot of you and then slowly realize that either that's not the case or it's irrelevant anymore uh right right or you don't live up to the expectation right that's that's almost like a reverse path of growth that you're somehow forced to take now because you start off so high on the the scale basically right and also if you're starting with 100 percent, the only way to go is basically down so the character Mm. growth suddenly is present in a in very different facets of a of a character yeah yeah we've been talking about storytelling here and there like in concept but this is very applicable to life when you when you grow up with some sort of talent some sort of capability and these great expectations Mm -hmm. of who you're supposed to be as you step into adulthood if you weigh too heavily of your self-worth onto this one talent or one thing you're recognized for you start to have these great pendulum swings of your self-worth depending on how well you can translate that into a into being a an, a proper grown-up in society <laughs> sure yeah. Uh, and once you can even out that like you are a more rounded person than what you can contribute right once you understand that you are no longer you are not a tool to be used by the world but rather a being trying to make it through then mm. that's when the self-actualization kicks in and you're like wait i only have to be proud of myself i don't need others to be proud of me yeah. so to speak and once you get to that point then you know there's many people who grow up as geniuses or talents or are exceptionally do exceptionally well academically and then grow into a position mm-hmm. of maybe this isn't all i am right yeah for sure and i think the the interesting part to me in storytelling and that's perhaps the last thing i'll say about sure, it because we've yeah. covered a lot already mm-hmm. um I think the fascinating part as a storyteller um, creating a genius uh, character or a sort of character dealing with this kind of tropes, right, is the role of the surroundings rather than the role of the character. Perhaps mm. the character can just respond basically to the surroundings because there's it's just so much about expectation, right? So if your surroundings see you as a as a certain character, as a certain skill level, almost as someone <laughs> that can do what they can't. Yeah, there's such a sort of tension in the air already by just being who you are, apparently, then, right? You start off with such tension in your story, with such either demands or people looking up to you or people being jealous of you or being in the spotlight, basically. And I think, yeah, the the reverse, <laughs> the sort of finding yourself <laughs> outside of the spotlight or just finding yes, yourself within exactly. the spotlight, perhaps, is 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 a very interesting part of this. Yeah, of, of, that, of that storytelling, basically. Yeah. Wow. That was a good... That's true. That was great. Yeah. I like that topic. Thank you for that. Lovely. Lovely. You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And I figured, since we always end with a prompt, (laughs) 
why not just sort of tie it into this a little bit? I mean, we're talking about characters. I love character building. What can I say? I want to sort of back and forth with you a little bit Mm, um, on building a once prodigy. One strategy. Anonymous character. Oh my gosh. Okay. This seems fun. Okay. Kick it off, I would say. Please. Should we start with their talent or with their expertise? Sure. Sure. What's what's on your mind? What what are we doing here? What's the are we going realistic fiction or fantasy? Because there's probably different branches we can go here. I like a little bit of magic flair to this. A little bit of magic flair. Is this in a world that is inherently magical or is it in a relatively mundane world, so to speak? Mm, what, what do you feel? Go with your gut here. Go with my gut? Well, I mean, if, <laughs> if given the choice. I believe in you. You can do it. <laughs> magic in a mundane world is always one of my favorite tropes. So Nice. Okay. Well, let's go for it. So this person, as we, I, let's, let's start with the building block here. This person sure. has a talent that is not only exceptional, but is exceptional because it is arcanely charged. Hmm. They have they have a talent that cannot be achieved via non-magical means. That's what we're going for here. Okay, okay. Okay. What does that mean? So it, me- it means that they can never, no one can ever trump them in terms of this talent that they have. Hmm. They're simply unrivaled. I think that's the word, unrivaled They're at what they can okay. do. Okay, yeah. So... Do we want to go physical talent? Do we want to go social talent? Like what what are what is the idea here? I like something non non-traditional here, right? We've we've seen the math geniuses, we've seen the chess geniuses. Let's go with a super ultra specific, perhaps not super useful skill. Not super useful? <laughs> oh, we're talking about a flash in the pan kind of genius. Okay. Um hmm. How how useless are we going? How, because I can think of a couple. Do the first one that comes to mind. The first I can one that see came, you're, you're thinking of something. The first one that came to mind: someone who can boil water with their hands. That's, oh, let's go! Yes, I'm all for it. It's amazing. Yeah, but I'm I'm afraid this 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 will come down into a superhero story. I don't want that. I don't want it to be that sort of plot line. <laughs> I want this to be a guy who properly tries to integrate with a mundane society with his boiling hands. Sure. Okay. We can start with <laughs> we start with origin story. How did he learn about his <laughs> his exceptional talent? It had to have been like in a pool, right? Public pool, having fun with yeah. his family, and the water just gets really, really hot. What if there's like bubbles in the water and, and people think that he's like farting, but he's just like accidentally boiling the water a little <laughs> yeah. bit? And he's getting upset and he's getting frustrated and he starts it's like, like, I'm not farting. What do you mean? <laughs> I don't get it. This guy's like a five-year-old in the swim trunks. And yeah. This giant yeah, floaty. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, everybody steps out of the pool. It's getting too hot. They think it's a malfunction, but they realize it's truly just this kid. So can the, can the kid also, is he immune to boiling, boiling water, getting burned by, no. by his own talent no. or no? No, he's not. No. Okay. Yeah. So this is highly impractical. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, because because being immune to boiling water would be a secondary power. He has one power and that's boiling <laughs> okay, water. Okay, yeah, excuse me. Yeah. Only only singular skill skilled genius is here. Okay. Yes. So I feel like this immediately gets picked up by a news anchor. Right? This is one of those things <laughs> sure, where like yeah. kid can boil water, you know. <laughs> we thought he'd fart, but it's actually a superhero there, skill. There's ver- the very quick pitch of the title Hot Kid, and they immediately scrap it because that's a bad idea terrible idea so <laughs> yep. they just call him like yes hot hands sure hot-handed kid red, hot red, hands the wonder red-handed kid. Red-handed kid 
Red Hand Kid. <laughs> yes, I love it. And he is brought to um, the local newspaper. Then he's put on what whatever. What's the most popular news channel in your region? For us, it's like ABC. For us, it's like yeah, Fox sure. News. He he's put on that. They bring him. They bring out a a, a tank with goldfish. <laughs> oh, no. And they're like, oh, heat, oh no. heat it up, heat it up. And he Prove does. It, kid. He does. The water starts to bubble. The fish get all frustrated and he pulls out his hands as not to hurt them. And, and everyone's laughing and cheering. They're like, wow, look at him. He, he's like a human toaster, you know? He instantly becomes a meme, right? Yeah. It's gotta just, be. just right, right away. Um, he's like the apparently kid. Did you see this meme? No, this kid's, kid? like, no. Okay. Sorry. Side note. But <laughs> no, you're good. Um, there's this one, like, he's a little bit chubby and he just went to, a, to like a roller coaster or something and he just, learned the word apparently oh, and then the news anchor the is closed and then he he's just keeps saying and then apparently we were spinning around and apparently we were going super fast <laughs> <laughs> i'll send it to you later it's okay great. sure you sure. stuck it up um, sorry continue <laughs> but yes yeah he's thrust into the limelight and immediately there's like conspiracy articles online are there aliens among us uh, do superheroes mm. exist? Yep. And he just can't live a normal life anymore. People at his school, as he's growing up in the middle school, start thinking he's dangerous. Um, obviously, he can't join certain sports. Yeah. Can this be controlled? So does, does he, he watch? Things like that. Did he find use for it already or no? Or is this just sort of a thing he accidentally does or casually learned of? Or is this all already something that people want to make use of or he himself wants to make use of? I think there's definitely people like scientists who want to reach out to him to be like, hey, we want to um, conduct some experiments. Right. We believe you are, in fact, an infinite source of energy. And we'd like to see if that can be like utilized to benefit your okay, community. Okay. Your little town can can be incredibly rich if they simply <laughs> cannot run out of electricity. And we'd imagine like imagine the possibilities. Yeah, imagine kid. like you you'll be, you'll become famous. Your family will live in a big house and you'll have all the toys you want. And you know he's easily swayed. And his parents are not. You're very special. Uh, yeah. yeah, I hate that. <laughs> Get into my car. <laughs> I, I hate. Oh, I hate all that. Um, yeah, and his parents are not good role models. And they're like, yes, money, of course, please. Oh, what what's this kid's name? We got it. Should we? name him richard richard uh richie yeah come along yeah of course richie let's let's go do this and then he's brought into a bunch of labs a bunch of facilities and do a lot of tests on him and he loses on like multiple years of his life he stops going to school he's like home. oh yeah he gets all these tutors that teach him and meanwhile he lives in this space and word gets around that he has, is becoming incredibly dangerous so he's not allowed to interact with society anymore he's not allowed to go out interesting because, because something goes wrong does like a malfunction in one of the tests and so things... he's part of conspiracy kind of now right yeah he's a government secret suddenly yeah somehow some like some machine okay. blows up for some odd reason and he definitely knows it wasn't him and then, richard gets blamed <laughs> yeah and everybody frames him who gets him the blame as, for everything ever richard <laughs> as, the, as the cause he's immediately blamed scientists have to keep him in ca in isolation because you know we can't bring you back to the world because you don't we don't know what will happen your powers are getting too strong we gotta we gotta you know for the betterment of the community you gotta stay with us and while you're right. here hey let's run a couple more tests you know for the greater good mm -hmm, yes mm -hmm. Ugh, gross um this gross this story gets even worse just you wait um his parents are oh. properly paid off <laughs> That they can, they'll no longer be supervising him in the facility, uh, and they'll get all the houses and the land that they want. Parents out of the picture. Yeah, oh, God, with parents okay. out of the picture, the scientists are free to do what they Parasiding want. Parasiting off his money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as he grows up, he's he's conditioned to believe that he is a boon to the world. Right. He is helping everyone, and by being here, everybody is happier. Oh, buddy. Uh, he's growing up. <laughs> I into, feel so bad for Richard. He's growing up into his teens, even he, though we made him. <laughs> 
uh, he's growing up into his teens and he he's he's adopted this role and he's he's been fed these for years and years and years. And there's a point in his life where he just doesn't know what else to do except to help with these experiments and fuel this this system that rides off of the heat that he produces. And it's hard for him to understand anything otherwise. But and 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 here's where we'll here's where we'll properly wrap. As he steps into his adult years, 18, 19, finally, they bring in another kid. Another kid arrives. Ooh. 11 or 12, a young girl, and she has the power to freeze things and make things cold. And as she's introduced to this facility, he sees the patterns. Mm. He starts recognizing the, the oh, conversations boy. with the parents, the publicity in the media, the newspaper articles. This is so dark. The, show, the TV shows, the, the, the comics that are spun off with her in mind. And as he's slowly disappeared into society, he sees the familiar limelight moving from him to her mm. and he recognizes his station in life and says maybe the reason i'm here is to prevent this from ever happening mm. and that's when he stages the breakout oh yeah and then they become a they become the dynamic duo of the, of the next <laughs> series <laughs> yeah they go live in the woods and become ordinary uh, people yes they cancel each other out in the most perfect way. Yeah. I imagine this is like a brother-sister dynamic. They're just chilling somewhere else. Yeah, for sure. Having their own lives away from society. And then years and years and years pass and then some random like traveler, stranger mm-hmm. comes across them and doesn't know they're like super world famous and like on the run forever and also basically superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Wait, you're, really good. you're Hot Hand and Little Frosty. I remember you. <laughs> I read com- Frosty. I read, I, yeah, I read comics about you too. Uh, but yeah, that's the prompt, and I'm sticking with it. Oh my god, I love it. This was so dark, but it was very interestingly so, and I love it. And I love that they also got a good ending, and they got to live in the woods. Because because who doesn't want to live in the woods? Yeah, it's great. Who doesn't? I love live when in the characters woods? have history. You know, when mm-hmm, they just have mm-hmm. so much like past things that you that you don't learn because it's not really relevant but then they're so mysterious because of it it's great i love it's one of my favorite tropes Mm -hmm. one of my favorite genres for a reason well done that's a good one what that was awesome yeah we did it we did it well you did it mostly i just i just (laughs) well you just questioned you you and you made something up on the spot (laughs) well you did 25 minutes of lead up uh, teaching us all properly about the concept of genius so you know i'll take it yeah Yeah. i participated (laughs) team effort here at your rivers amazing <laughs> all right that's what we what you learned about this in this <laughs> podcast yep all right <laughs> that's what we're here for we have progressively louder and busy lives to lead as as the construction yep. continues to um it's slowly spiraling out of control intensify yes. <laughs> yeah there's there's proper buzz saws on my walls so let's <laughs> yep tie this without up. further ado people i think i think the universe is trying to tell us something it's time to go <laughs> <laughs> it's time to go yeah, it's time to go. <laughs> okay. You can find us at yourriversarewrong at gmail.com if you have any questions, if you have amazing, beautiful ideas for prompts, because we're doing another prompt episode very soon and yes, hopefully yes. in the coming seasons as well, because they're just so fun and you're so good at thinking about prompts <laughs> and we want to make <laughs> use of it. So totally contact us there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. And I think that leaves only one one thing less left to discuss. Oh, um, right. That thing that we always forget to discuss. What is that? Forget to discuss. Oh, what was it again? Oh, I can't quite remember. Can you tell me? Nah. Well, maybe we'll we'll just talk about it in the next episode. 
the next episode of okay, uh, sure. Your Rivers Are Wrong. And next episode of Your Rivers Are Wrong. Maybe we'll talk about that yeah. thing. Uh, Will they ever get right? I don't think so. I don't think so. And maybe they don't need to. Maybe they're, the expectations are too high, you know? Maybe they don't need to. <laughs> they just want to live in the woods, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just want to live a normal life. Oh, my God. Uh, have a great one. Okay. Goodbye, guys. And see ya. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of Your Rivers Are Wrong. If you have any thoughts for topics, prompts, or if you just want to share your thoughts, you can reach us at yourriversarewrong at gmail.com. It's yourriversarewrong at gmail.com. Big thank you goes to Martin Skelligans for our intro and outro music. And most importantly, thank you for listening. We hope to catch you at our next episode. Have a good one.